find that the movies that are really good or that I like a lot, I don't write a lot of notes. It's true. I had the same. I had the same experience here. I end I, up. I end up just kind of just watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, just watching the movie and enjoying it. Yeah. All right, we're back. We're back. Here we are. Number uh, number four. Number yeah. number four of the uh, of the quartet that yeah. we're doing in person. That's right. To talk about City Slickers. City Slickers. The that's movie right. that started it all. Yes, it at did. At least for us. Absolutely. At least for, for this podcast. At least for this podcast. Yeah, yes. that's true. And it didn't start everything else for us, but it did start this podcast uh, on City Slickers. So, Matt, oh. why did why what what uh, was the genesis of, of uh, this podcast and City Slickers and what brought it about? Yeah, this and is, let's get into it. This is the origin story. Um, <clears throat> so, basically, I was on Netflix and I noticed it was one of those situations where I was just like in bed at night and just wanted to put something on just, you know just this filler, you know, kind of whatever. And, and I was on Netflix and I saw, oh, City Slickers is on Netflix. I haven't watched that in years because, and this is a movie that we watched very frequently. We had it on VHS. I remember watching it a bunch of times, yep. um, but hadn't seen it in a quite a long time. So I put it on just, just thinking, oh yeah, this movie is funny, whatever. And I start watching it and I suddenly find myself realizing that I'm identifying with these characters more than I remember as a child, <laughs> um, and the, and the the really the big the big one though was was um, the reveal that Billy Crystal's character in the movie, Mitch, is turn about to turn thirty nine. Now I am thirty seven years old. Yes, and I'm forty. Right. So, so you're actually even I'm older all, than I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> Thank you for pointing hill. this yeah. out. Yes, uh, but. From my end, I the realization that even if it's not his actual age, but in the movie that I was only two years younger than Billy Crystal in City Slickers was alarming <laughs> and yeah. truly, truly shocking. And it and it suddenly made me uh, look at the movie in a very different way. And it ended up becoming a very different experience for me watching it as a 37-year-old man as opposed to a, however, 10, 11-year-old child. Yes, and I I felt exactly the same way when you brought this up and pointed out that Billy Crystal was 30, uh, I guess he's 38, turning 39, um, and me being, I think when you brought this up initially to me, I was 39, I think, at the time. I hadn't turned 40 yet. But yeah, yeah, and then rewatching it, was very interesting too. The movie took on a totally different um, vibe and tone, and the parts of the movie that I that resonated with me this time versus what originally resonated with us yes. as children, totally different. Absolutely. And um, you know, for those of you guys who haven't seen it, City Slickers is about basically three New Yorkers who. The premise, I guess, is each year they go and do something, or at least one of them is always pushing to go do something yes the, well it's it's billy crystal um daniel stern and bruno kirby and bruno kirby's character ed is like a sort of adrenaline junkie yeah who's always yeah as you said every year him and him and his two other friends he he organizes these um kind of adventure kind of excursions for them um and the latest in the beginning of the movie is the running of the bulls in spain yeah, it starts in the running of the Bulls, That's, which i gotta ask yeah the the shooting of this I literally started looking up. Did they actually run with the bulls? It really looks like it, because there's one take in particular with Daniel Stern. Yeah. 
where he is hanging from a light yes, post. And, and I swear to God, that's really him. And those are real bulls. Right I agree. Underneath him. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it to my eyes, that was really Daniel's and turn. And there are scenes where he's running. There are moments where Billy Crystal is running, and it, it looks like real bulls. It really, yeah. There's no green screen. There's no, He's running, and yeah. there is a bull. Yeah. And it's Billy Crystal. Yeah, and there are bulls. I started to try to look it up, and I thought, okay, I'm going to Google Billy Crystal running with bulls, and I'm going to get a ton of hits and just immediately find out whether this actually happened or not. Yeah, I cannot find anything. No, I didn't do an exhaustive search, but in the the amount of searching that I was willing to do, right. I could Wikipedia. not find anything. Yeah, I couldn't find anything that actually said anything yeah. to do with whether or not they actually ran with the bulls. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, even, well, look, even if they didn't actually go to the running of the bulls, they're still being chased by bulls. Well, I doubt that they actually, I, I, I'm i 100% certain that they didn't do, they didn't shoot this yeah. in Pamplona when they were running During with the bulls. The run, yeah, yeah, they did not Logistically, do that. that I can't not, imagine that, did that not would happen. be possible. <laughs> they did not happen. But what, I, what I'm really concerned is, is did they, in a studio lot or off year in Pamplona, yeah. run with the fucking bulls? Because it... It really looks like it. It looks like they ran with it the bulls. It really does. So we're going to leave that open. I don't know if yeah. it is or not, but uh, it was. It's an impressive. It's an opening impressive sequence. opening sequence, um, and uh, and Billy Crystal and comedically yes gets gored in the ass. Gored in the ass. Yes. Which then takes us into something because we uh, a couple episodes ago on the toy we're talking about title sequences. Yes, another this, great one. Yeah, this one was so nostalgic, and it made me specifically miss animated title sequences yes. in a non-animated movie. Right. Which was kind of a thing at the time. Was, you know, Christmas Vacation had gonna, one. Yep, yep. Um, I was going to say a lot Well, of, of course, there's did. the Pink Panther movies. Yep. Um, that movie Four Rooms had one, yep. for, which is not as memorable to people, but I love that movie. But that had an animated sequence. So this kind of thing, it was very nostalgic. My first note was I miss animated title sequences. Yeah, it, it it's, again, one of those things where it's like they just don't do it anymore. And I think it's because they feel like they don't, they can't spend the time yeah. uh, on or waste the time on something like that. But, um, you know, so the movie, they, the friends, they get together and Billy Crystal is a middle-aged man who is struggling with, with just aging and getting old. He's in a job he doesn't really love. Yeah. And uh, his wife uh, is kind of getting sick of, of his negativity, which I thought... Yeah. I kind of get, but I kind of was also like, he didn't seem like he was that bad. She's acting like, it feels like she's on the verge of divorce the way well, she speaks at some points. I didn't really get, get that no? impression. Okay. No, she right. seemed, I think she seemed pretty supportive. And, and I think, I, but they do try to, I think, even aside from his impending, like turning 40, he is does seem to be kind of a morbid guy. Yes. He's a little over uh, preoccupied with death. I, yeah, I that agree. That seems to be a theme that his other friends kind of mentioned too. So. And they, they, yeah, they're they're very much over uh, his, yeah. his, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of started to to reach its peak as yeah, he's about uh, to turn thirty nine. Yes, and so they decide to the, his adrenaline junkie uh, best friend uh, or one of his best friends decides that uh, they come up with this. Uh, they're going to go to a, a a ranch cattle drive, cattle drive, and they're going to do a cattle drive uh, as their big year thing. Yeah, um, and. Uh, you know, and so they go that, and it's you know classic. Put some city fish out of water. City, yeah, fish out of water sequence. City boys in a in a country setting, yeah, uh, which Playing is been, cowboys, which plays really well in mu- in movies. And there's a lot of yeah. movies that have this this oh, as, yeah. a, as a premise or a setup. And so, um, 
you know, and hilarity ensues, and and yeah. and they grow, and they get better, and all that that happens, right? Yes. Um, and you know, you know, usually you're the one to jump the gun and say it holds up, but I'm going to say right now it holds up. I, the 100%. movie is. I I got to the end of this and just said this is a really great movie. It really is, and I honestly, because even because I watched it, you know, that initial time I was impressed by it, and I had this new perspective. This last time rewatching it, just. It, it was. I liked it even more. I actually was like, no, this is like, legitimately a really good movie. It's and, a great movie. Yeah, and particularly the script, which I really, the writing in this movie is really good. And I and I realized the writers for this are Lowell Gans and Bob Lou Mandel, who um, of course, are, of course, Bob Lou, you know Bob Lou. Um, uh, <laughs> help everybody. Not out, his actual name. They well, they wrote. They've worked with Ron Howard a few times. They wrote um, Night Shift, okay. uh, Splash, but most significantly Parenthood, okay. which is one wow. of the greatest right. movies ever, and also one of the greatest screenplays. That's an amazing screenplay. So they, they're really good writers. And I think what struck me, what strikes me about their writing, and it, this has a similar quality to Parenthood, uh-huh. which is that they're it's it's funny, like it's really funny. There's genuinely funny, smart clever lines in this movie of dialogue that I feel like even though it's Billy Crystal and I do think there's probably a few ad-libs a lot of it feels very scripted like this is just very well written yes um, but it had a, I, and maybe it's just because of the character, because his best friend is also in When Harry Met Sally, and it right, had, I Curry feel like it had a very yeah, so Harry, When Harry Met Sally kind of vibe, the dialogue at yes. least between them, and it could just be their chemistry, and that's yeah. what it is. But I, it, I was kind of like, oh wow, that this has got a very Harry Met Sally vibe. But definitely, you know, yeah, I, I think that yeah, Billy Crystal and him and and like Rob Reiner, Nora Ephron, and everybody, they, they definitely all seem to be from the same kind of. They're coming from the same place comedically, I yes. think. So there's a lot, a lot of uh, overlap there. But um, but yeah, but it's so it's this great combination of wit and intelligence in the writing and and just genuinely funny one-liners and stuff. But with like actual like real insights into like being middle-aged men and oh like, my god, yes, and, and I, coming of age and th- some of the scenes of them talking sitting and talking through stuff, the way they talk through stuff, very natural, very mm-hmm. much similar to what men go through at, you know, in 30. And I mean, uh, I know you didn't grow up with, uh, with sports, but I, I really related to the, the, to the baseball conversation and being able to say stuff like, you know, especially when Daniel Stern, you know, the, the, the one female, which I want to get to, there's one female that goes on this cattle drive yes. with, with, with them, which is a kind of, I don't, it's an interesting character. I, I'm, I'm. We need to get into that because mm. it's like she was supposed to meet a friend, and her and the friend decide to go on a cattle drive. Yeah, but she decides to go anyways, and I don't know. It just seems she felt out of place to me in this. Maybe, in this, I mean, maybe in slightly this. arbitrary. Like, we, yes. like we need a woman. Correct. She's, she's the woman in the right. movie. Right. Yeah. Um. And and um. But she starts to make a comment about she how she doesn't get baseball and she doesn't get how guys can talk about baseball. And I felt like, okay, where's this going? And then Daniel Stern brings up a great counterpoint where he says, you know, I couldn't talk to my father at all when we were 18, but we could always talk about baseball. And he yeah. goes, it may not have been about anything, but it was real. And it was something that I could talk to him about. And it was a commonplace of, yeah. of connection. And I thought that that was a, a part of that moment or a, a part of that movie that, and this goes throughout all the whole movie where it's like what seems and feels on the surface as kind of like just a nothing burger 
is actually very in depth and very deep in what they're saying. Yeah. Which I, on the rewatch, didn't expect to find. Yeah. You know, I you know, when as a kid, you kind of see all the, the. I just remember the all the laughs, the overtly and... comedic parts yeah. of it. You know, but this but, that, was but very... that's because and that we you know of course we couldn't relate to it yet. Right, and, of course. And that's one of the I gotta say it's one of the great things. It's not only one of the great things I love about the movies that we're watching, but just movies in general. Yeah. Is how. And of course, you could, you only realize this as you get older. Because right. I've loved movies since I was a kid, but now that I'm adult, an adult who loves movies, looking back and rewatching movies, it shows how you have changed. Because the right. movie hasn't changed; the movie always stays the same. That's what I love about it. It's like right. you can always go back to the movie and know it's going to be the same movie. But what you don't know is is the changes in yourself that it's going to reveal, and that's what's really interesting. Like for example, watching this movie. And these characters, and thinking about watching this movie as a kid, you know, there's the three friends. There's Mitch, who's Billy Crystal, who's, you know, happily married with kids and, and you know, a job he doesn't like. But he's kind of he's kind of the, the main character. We have Ed, who's like kind of a womanizer, sort of, um, you know, uh, seems to be kind of running from something a little bit and, right. and not wanting to grow up a little bit. Yeah. And then you have Phil. Who is Daniel Stern? Daniel Stern, oh. who's a neurotic man Steals in a in a show. in a miserable, unhappy marriage with a wife who hates him and treats him like shit. And gradually, I start to realize, oh no, <laughs> I'm Phil. <laughs> <laughs> For I mean, I never in my wildest dreams. Oh thought that of all the characters in this movie i would end up being phil i gotta tell you that i uh, i'm not gonna comment on that i'm gonna say that phil has a absolute meltdown it at so billy crystal has a has a uh uh a party his wife throws a party and all his friends are there and phil's there phil's uh phil's go-to on all of these is he pretends to be asleep Yes. So that he doesn't have to talk to his wife. That's yeah. basically his uh, his go to move yep. is to 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 remain uh, a, a asleep. And so they're talking, and out of the blue, this uh, young woman shows up uh, who is a checkout uh, register girl. Register, uh, I don't know what checkout the, girl. Checkout girl. Played but by awful, but, but played by Yardley Smith, who does the voice of Lisa Simpson. Okay, yes, and uh, so she shows up and makes a big scene about that she's late and she's not had her period. First time I was introduced to the concept of periods, too, okay. by the way. Okay, so That was a big yeah. one as a kid. All I was right. like, what does that mean? Uh, I think, yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Which led to a conversation. Oh, really? I don't know. Okay. Uh, maybe. I, I, don't, I know. don't remember that. I, that didn't come up on my But it was the first time the concept was introduced to me. Okay. <laughs> just, so, as a, just as a concept. Okay, so she comes in. Obviously, it's a big scene, and his wife is there, and they get into this big, and it is the most epic meltdown. Yes. And I had forgotten, but it is hysterical. Nobody melts down like Daniel Stern. Oh, my God, nobody. Yes. And Daniel Stern, and I wrote the best line in that entire meltdown was the end, yes. where he screams out, if hate were people, I'd, I'd be China. China. <laughs> I wrote that like, down, too. Yes. I love, oh, love that line. Such a great line. <laughs> and again... You have to imagine they're screaming back and forth, and it's one of those moments in conversation or an argument or something where it's like you're both screaming, you're yeah. both yelling, and then one person goes quiet, and yeah. somebody has the full weight of the room, but yeah. they don't realize it yet, so they're <laughs> screaming at the top of their lungs, yes. which was designed to over 
like be over top of someone else yelling, uh-huh. but that's dropped out. Yep. So it's just this incredibly loud oh, moment. And he's just so like, great. if hate were people, I'd be China. And it's like <laughs> such an amazing. And then uh, they cut immediately to yeah. the rest of the room. Yeah. And Billy Crystal is just sitting there all staring. Yeah. And Billy Crystal in that classic way of his, he just goes, who wants cake? cake. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I it was also like similar to some of these movies, like watching Inner Space and appreciating Martin Short and some like watching this movie. I just really came to appreciate how great Billy Crystal, Billy is Crystal, as well. and Daniel Stern too, and yeah, I, yeah, watching, and Bruno Kirby too. All by of the them, way. yeah, they do wonderfully, and in in their roles, yeah. That's you talk about this. They know when when an actor knows what movie they're in. Oh yeah, and I feel like in this movie. Not only did they know the movie they were in, but they knew the roles that they were playing within the movie. Yes. Like Daniel Stern's character, he doesn't he has moments where he's a real person, which gives the character weight and yeah. and, and all of it. But yeah. but he knows he's the he's the comedic sure. kind of guy that's going to go out over the top. That's yeah. his role and he does it wonderfully. Yeah. Okay. And then like you said, Bruno Kirby is kind of the the hyper masculinity yeah. type of guy. Um and I think you've heard it. Like Daniel Stern was more neurotic and all that, and Bruno Kirby's the more macho kind of. Yeah. And, and it's different ways that a male deals with their own with yep. issues. And you have Billy Crystal. And Billy Crystal's in the, in the center, kind of playing off of both of them, yeah. which he does brilliantly. Yeah. Um, and you know, so the movie is just really uh, for those for you and I who are thirty-seven and forty. Um plays on a lot of things that I think every man actually deals with every day with what their what their job and what they're dealing with in their life and all that and yeah. watching how those different reactions and how they handle it yeah. is just a part of the movie that when you're a kid it goes over your head yeah. goes over your head you're not yeah. catching any of that right you're catching all the other funny And that's parts. also a testament to it because that we were able to even though we didn't pick up on that stuff still enjoy, enjoy it as the kids, movie yeah. which is like I mean talk about having a universal appeal like that's kind of with like these kind of comedies that's what they're going for and this one clearly achieved that like brilliantly brilliantly and yeah and I think it's also it's just it is so great to see a movie especially a comedy like this that takes the time to have those moments, like the moment with Daniel Stern talking about his dad, or um, there's a the or the scene when when he breaks down after he the fight and he yeah. gets the gun and you know Bruno Kirby and Billy Crystal go into the tent and he's sitting there with his gun and he kind of breaks down and feeling like he wasted his right. life. I mean that's a legitimately like I got choked up watching right. that scene and and you know Billy Crystal talking about how you know your life's a do over. Right. Of. It's a I mean just so it's a really good scene. It it all of it the whole movie is good. Well because it's. You know, they start the movie off, it, you think it's going to be just all laughs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. like you start with Billy Crystal getting, you know, gored in the ass and, yeah. and you know, and they're out and there. A cartoon title sequence. Cartoon co- title sequence. And then you get out to this this cattle ranch and, you know, Jack Palance, who we've got to talk about, oh, yeah, comes in. Oh, yeah. We haven't even mentioned brought him, him up, but Jack Palance comes in as the, as the, the not crew chief, but the the, the trail boss trail boss right yeah the trail boss yeah curly. who um curly who comes in and and he's over the top almost at the beginning you know right. he's kind of this stereotypical guy um who they flesh out wonderfully throughout the rest of the movie but yeah. in the beginning he's a stereotype of of what a city 
yeah. slicker. He's, he's like, wood. With their, their like worst nightmare of encounter, like the polar opposite of Exactly, them. <laughs> right. Like, and he is, I mean, by the way, Jack Palance, Academy Award winner for yes. this role. For this role. Um, yeah. yeah, and he uh, famously, when he accepted his Oscar, he performed one-armed push-ups because, <laughs> appara- because apparently that was what he did to convince the, the producers that they could ins- he was insurable, <laughs> that he was like healthy enough to <laughs> do it. That he wouldn't die he was, as his yeah. character dies. Yeah. Yeah. So on, on stage, when he accepted his Oscar, he did one-arm push-ups. Um, he is, yeah, he's uh, pretty amazing in this. And I have to say, truly a terrifying man. I Like, maybe the most terrifying-looking man I've ever seen. Like, if I met Jack Palance in a dark alley, I would just... Wasn't he also in Batman? Was he the he guy was. that Jack Nicholson kills in yeah, Batman? That's right. Yeah. You're my number one guy. Yeah. 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 No, he's yeah. he's so great. Very, uh, But yeah, and, and I think Equally mostly... Scary. Equally scary. Yeah, scary. Mostly known for playing, like, villainous roles, but in this one, he really shows, like... I mean, there's that the amazing scene when he's talking to Billy Crystal about like he asked him if he's ever been in love. Yes, and it's just this beautiful little monologue he has, and it's just and it's genuinely like soulful and like but feels totally true to his character and also of like feels appropriate to that sort of bygone era of masculinity that these guys are kind of looking up to which is like because like this is kind of like foreign to us because i never was into like the cowboy thing or john wayne or whatever but obviously these this their generation billy crystal and those guys they did they grew up with it so it's it's so interesting to see like you know like clearly how much they kind of look up and aspire to 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 be be like him right and it's yeah well and they're struggling they're going through this 39 year old blah 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 midlife kind of i don't want to say crisis because they're not really in crisis but a midlife i would rut. i would i would, I would I'd say crisis daniel daniel stern is definitely yeah. in a midlife crisis I, I don't know that billy crystal's 100 percent in a midlife crisis i think he's just i think he's in a rut yeah i i, I, I you know anyways they're obviously dealing with who they are what they mean what does it mean what what are we gonna do what am i doing with my life that those type of questions and yeah jack palance's character curly represents this kind of I don't want to say this thing to aspire to, but it is a constant. It is it is somebody right. who has found what it is that they want. They're very secure in what they, they're doing, and yeah. they're content yeah. in what it is. And that is very appealing yeah. to everybody Definitely. because it makes you feel like, okay, I'm okay with my life because I've found what it is that is important and what I want to do, and that's what I'm going to do. And I think that's yeah. what they're ultimately struggling with. And that's what Curly comes down to is the, the one, one thing. thing yeah. And uh, and I think the movie love this movie. It's just yeah. a, it's just a great movie. Um, yeah, it's it's and it's easy to see how these characters, you know, who come from New York, who live in New York City, and like how just you know distracted from what's you know really important. Right. And, and 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 it is, and it that's kind of like a cliche thing that we've seen in so many movies. But the way it's it's explored in this movie and the arc of it, I think, is so beautifully done especially since curly it really only appears in a, sh- a short period of the movie because he he dies pretty right. suddenly but he's oh I, I love this and we should do a podcast entirely on this which yeah. is incredibly impactful characters that are only on the screen for a very small amount of time yeah you know like i feel like there are movies out there where there are these characters that are just like they're like this where there's probably on screen for maybe six minutes yeah ten minutes of the movie but they just are incredibly impactful. Yeah, and you feel their presence through the rest through of the, the movie. Through the rest it's, of the movie. Even if they're not right. there, yeah. I mean, hell, even, like, 
I, I don't know that you could say it with Vito Corleone and 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 The Godfather mm-hmm. because he he is in quite a few of those scenes. But for a lot of that movie, in the middle of it, he's yeah he's in a coma. He's mm-hmm. not really part of it, but his you know the 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 little bit that he is, he's just he dominates the entire. Yeah, well, he's the Godfather, so that's the whole oh, thing. Yes. But um, you know, we should really do a podcast where we look into that. But yeah, there are some genuinely funny moments in this that are just comedically. Billy Crystal. What I walked away with is how good Billy Crystal is. Oh yeah, in he's, this movie, like he great. and and just how good Billy Crystal is generally. He yeah. more than anybody else, any other comedic actor, really, I feel like is so natural. Like him on screen, he feels so comfortable. Like you talk about Bill Murray having that right. nonchalance of just like I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Billy Crystal to me is someone who clearly does give a fuck, mm. but just feels very secure in what he's doing and how he's doing it. Yeah. He's that, always he always has some way to respond to any given situation. Yes. That's going to be funny. Even when he's uncomfortable, like even yeah. his moments where he's supposed to be uncomfortable, he's got like he does it comfortably. Yeah, and I always I do think, and that is I think you're hitting it on the head that that's that is what I found even as a kid like appealing about him was that he always had something to say. He always had a, a, a comeback or or a retort or or a comment or right. like you know he just was so quick like that. And I, I think even that's when what, he was uncomfortable, even when yeah. he was uncomfortable, he would say stuff like hello like he'd just be like <laughs> yeah. uh you know and he would just talk through it yeah he's behind me he's a very yeah. he's a very comforting presence comforting to have is what i would say if i oh he is you, yes yeah you feel you all you feel in very good hands that like it's whatever happens he's gonna have something funny to say and to i think to that this. this is why he and robin williams did, were so yeah. brilliant together is yeah. because he was very fun. billy crystal is obviously incredibly funny yeah but him he he is such a comforting figure and it's why he's hosted the oscars five times it's why he's often asked to do the eulogies of of famous people because he comes up and is incredibly comforting but can also thread the needle between being very sincere and also being funny but not robin williams funny where it's like we're going big crystal is that kind of that just pleasantly funny where he can have these, and he has so many of these movies in this time period where it's just that. Harry Met Sally is another oh, yeah, one like classic, that. Yeah. Um, obviously, City Slickers. He's got a couple others that don't come to mind at the moment. But um, I, I just came away from this movie thinking that he was – how funny he was. The opening scene where his mom calls <laughs> yeah. and he's lip-syncing what she's saying yeah. is – we're driving back from your aunt Yes, Marshall. yes. And, and his facial <laughs> and water expression. Water breaks. car jumps the divider in the sawmill parkway. And then the laugh even. Like, yeah. the whole thing is just <laughs> um, so, Where he's so like, good. How, how's Mitch? He always 478 months today. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> like, he is just so good. We have a young Jake Gyllenhaal's first yes, film. Yes, that's right. As Billy yeah. Crystal's son. Uh, young, little little Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, first screen appearance. Um. Yeah. He. Who. Who would. Who knew that would go on to be one of the most interesting actors of his generation. Yeah. I mean, started it all there. Yeah. Um. You know, and we've talked about this. The other thing that I wrote, and again, we we started off by saying, you know, when you when you get into a really genuinely good movie, it's hard to write notes. Yeah. I. You know. I kind of get lost in it's it. Mostly and just, just rehashing the and enjoying the good scenes. Yeah. Right. It's. And I just enjoy watching it so i don't write a bunch of stuff down but what i did write down is that particularly these three male friends 
I would say this is the one area that I think it veers away from what really happens is that they have some really direct conversations. Yeah. Like ballsy direct right right at them, which I don't, and this may be a generational thing. It may be something that happened that they were, it may be a New York thing that they're very direct. I don't know, but I came across going, wow, they're having some really hard conversations about real things that I don't feel like that happens all the time with, with, a probably lot of with the not, with probably with not with a lot of male friends. Right, yeah. I think it's, but, but it may be that they're just very close. These, yeah, are well, very and, close. Friends. And I also say, I kind, I think I might have to disagree with you on the the midlife crisis thing. I think this is a midlife crisis okay. situation it, for all three of them. And I think, I mean, Daniel Stern has just had his marriage fall apart. Yeah, I agree and, with the Daniel Stern, and, and even Billy yeah. Crystal, though. I think he, and I agree, like he is more kind of in a rut because because he doesn't necessarily at the end of this, it's not like he completely changes his life. He just decides he just feels more invested in it. And right. I, but I, but I think it's it's similar to him. Like it's really because it is a very like I love that. Like another scene that I found really moving and and genuinely like emotional was when his wife tells him to go on the trip and says like yeah. go find your smile. You know, like right. I just was like just the the because it really hits there that like he's just. The melancholy that he's yeah. feeling of just like, what have I done with my life? Where am I going next? And right. I, I, it, he, he wears it. It feels heavy on him, like, and so I, I do think it is. I think that is, where these three guys are at kind of crucial points in their right. lives where they would kind of things would come to a head to make them have those kind of direct conversations. Yeah, I think so, and I think that they're. The, the other thing that I think is really interesting and I, I liked about it, and again, it's just fully fleshed out characters that they let. And then, and the other thing is, is I think the, the setting is great. Yeah. They don't fill the film with a bunch of gags about them actually doing stuff with the cattle. You're right. You know, a lot of the scenes are them, you know, on, they've, they've got, they spend some time just the guys sitting on horseback talking. Yeah. Which that, is, yeah. That's, I love that. Every time, yeah. cause like, and that's where this script is so great is that again it takes the time to have those scenes and it also feels like what it would really be like to be out there with your friends you wouldn't it wouldn't just be all it's not all plot points of them like you know what happens you know there there are obviously some some hairy moments and more like kind of bigger action moments in it but but yeah a majority of it is just them riding on their horses talking about right you know it's just being in this this having this opportunity to like get to know each other better and kind of make these kind of confessions to each other and there's it's just it's so great to see that in what is ultimately like a mainstream kind of comic ad- comic adventure kind right. of a movie. And I think that the other part of the, the, the characters being fleshed out is that there's also these great moments of annoyance <laughs> that they have. And it's cl- like only the only type of annoyance you could have with actually being friends with somebody for a really, really long time. Yeah. You know, right. like to where you know the person really fucking well <laughs> yeah. and they, they're doing something that you know they're doing <laughs> and they sometimes can't see it. Yeah. And you get these moments where they call out. It's like, oh, Phil, you're going to do this other thing where you do this thing. And then yeah. someone says, well, you're going to go sleep with another one. You know, like that type of interaction can only really happen with people who really know each other yeah and um and then to watch them all kind of come together mm. it's just a really good movie um yeah. you know uh there the, the I, scene with uh norman oh yeah of course norman uh calf. and th- th- there's some things in that you know obviously minor plot holes you have to do you know it's a movie so what are you gonna do but like yeah. i'm like you norman's a calf you're going through a fucking 
10 foot like why didn't you think of this before <laughs> you know norman gets swept it's, down this river yeah. and i'm like what did you think it's the it's calf's true. four days old what are you just gonna swim across the yeah, damn thing yeah he probably should have helped him you know but yeah that's true you know but um like come but, on yeah but no i love i did yeah of course you yeah, love norman um but I, I and I also love I love the scene. I love the fact that this movie's because it's you know ostensibly kind of playing on the whole western thing. Right. I love that this movie's version of a showdown is them deciding which ice cream flavor best follows a certain meal. I love meal. that amazing scene. It's I love of, that. Yes. So two of the people on the cattle drive are it's uh, David Pamer and Josh Mustel who play. I forget their names, but they're these two Barry brothers. Barry and Ira. Barry and Ira. That's right. Barry and Ira Shallowitz. Yeah, right. Thank you. I, ice cream. Who, who? Yeah. Who have an ice are cream? Are supposed company. to be Ben and Jerry, I guess. Is, right. It's is kind of a take to, on yeah. Ben and Jerry. Yeah. But um, so they're sitting around the campfire at one point having dinner, and uh, basically they reveal that Josh Mustel's character, David Paymer, says that he has this uncanny ability to to tell you exactly the right kind of ice cream to follow any meal, and and it's this great scene where like. They kind of challenge him, or Billy Crystal kind of, you know, throws off something, and Josh Mustel's like, you know, I forget, a scoop of like scoop of vanilla, scoop of chocolate. Don't waste my time. And he like chucks his his pl- plate at his feet, and there's that great moment where Billy Crystal looks down and then looks up really slowly, and it becomes clearly like it's shot and edited like a showdown, like yeah. in like in Good and Bad and the Ugly. Yeah. But there, but he's saying things like, you know, he's he, you know. Trying to trying to stump him on what flavor ice cream to yeah to choose and there's and a part where he where Billy Crystal says that you know the is like fish and he goes yeah. grilled or fried he goes sautéed <laughs> I'm feeling you like that yeah. it's like this whole thing and and it, and I, my favorite is that when at the last one and Josh Mustel is like he's like shaking and sweating and he's yeah. like rum raisin and then he like goes like he right. just like almost lost his life right. it's just that was i thought played so and then, beautifully and then they go woof and billy crystal goes woof what and he starts laughing he goes how do we even know that this is right so it's <laughs> yeah. like they play into it but then billy yeah. crystal like immediately makes everyone aware that yeah. yes that we realize this is ridiculous like type of thing <laughs> yeah. um perfect so you 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 so often point to the i think which is a very key point to these movies is tone yeah. and 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 the ability for a director actor everybody to kind of keep the tone of the movie in line with whatever the movie is yeah everybody's got to be making the same movie this yeah. is a great example of everyone making the yeah, same movie it's pretty rock solid it's it's like, just a great movie the end you know them driving the cattle in you know um from uh, over the mountain basically and giving it you know showing up and the try triumphant kind of we're here yeah, to save the day all of it is just up. it's really good and and, and then finding out that that the uh the cattle is actually gonna be sold sold off to be that they're gonna be yeah that that fell flat a little bit for me really yeah because i was kind of like well what did you i i don't understand why they thought that this wasn't like what do they think these things do they just i mean well i think they're probably ignorant city boys. probably <laughs> yeah i guess you're, um, you're true but uh also, another like, interesting choice to kind of end it there right. to give them this extra, another added point of reflection of like what they just did that was so meaningful to them, seemingly right. would have like no point, you know. But but then it makes them realize like what they actually kind of you know took away from the experience, right? And then you know, and of course, Billy Crystal keeps Norman at the end, which is great. Which 
So all I can think, I gotta say, all I can think about is when they take Norman. Every time I look at that, is all I can think is the opening scene of City Slickers two. Oh yeah, with yeah. him running. Yeah, with the full size. With a full size cow. Yeah. Next to him, like I, that, so I can't see Norman without seeing the full size cow, yeah. and it's so absurd that they're going back to their apartment it with is. a cow. Totally absurd. But their I love New York apartment. I love that they just were like, yeah, we, we're gonna go. Yeah, no, it's anyways. great. It's so satisfying. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's the perfect ending. And why end? The, you know, it's like you don't want to leave the cow to death. Exactly. So they're just like, we're not gonna do that for the audience. We're just gonna bring the cow. The cow came home with them to New York. Exactly. Love it. Just yeah. accept it. He totally. It's yeah. and by that point you do because they've. It's just been. Yeah, I. I really. I. I honestly don't really have any criticisms of this movie. Like, obviously, it's not a masterpiece like on the level of you know whatever Godfather or whatever. Right. But for what it is, which is a broadly, basically broadly appealing PG thirteen kind of you know comedy with. You know, sort of, that's that's all that's going for slight, somewhat dramatic like right. undertones. I just I, I don't think it could have been done any better. It was just like it was. I think it was the perfect balance of of humor and human insight and adventure and just it. And it pays. I think it pays off beautifully. I mean, and I really say I think really what it is is it's got a really good script yeah. um, driving it, which a lot of these movies they. They tend to like mess with and kind of try to improvise and and add. This clearly, I think, had a a solid, really solid script that they were working off of, and you can feel it because everything really pays off in the end. And the character yeah. development, I think, is so well done. But and I think it, this is a character movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I. It's it's a it's a character movie that's disguised yes. as a kind of like fish out of water. Correct. Like, I know. think it's the whole premise. I think the trick and the and what they went for was that. It, it's that. It's that they disguised what should have been a kind of more physical humor. Let's put some fish out of water people into a situation and let them yeah. hilarity ensue. They disguised, but it, this is really all about the, the characters and the relationships and their growth yeah. and dealing with some really real stuff. In and amongst the and it still delivers kind of, the laughs. Yes, and it, but it, the thing is, is you're right, it, it priority it, know, it has its priorities straight. Right, like it knows it knows like of course you know we're gonna send these ne- these neurotic New York guys to the w- out west and right. you know that's they're gonna have all those kind of gags. But what we you know we really the story we really want to tell is about these three friends right. and where they are in their lives. Is there and, a big laugh? Is I I mean there's I think there's there's lots of I mean there's, there's gags there's laughs but is there a big laugh like in a lot of comedic movies there's like you can think of a scene where you're like that I, scene was very funny I don't think there is a big laugh in this movie I well I laughed a lot but but it was from dialogue not right. from gags not from like physical gags right. I, although there are some good ones it's just like um, but no and mainly the big laughs were just from how smart the writing was and how great the performances it were. feels almost Woody Allen esque it definitely it, it's definitely like these these characters are in fact even like the I noticed the font at the end of the credits was the Woody Allen font okay it's definitely like yeah it's that idea of taking these sort of neurotic Woody Allen type characters and, and putting them having them play cowboys you know thinking about it now it just it feels like like you said the last were all in the dialogue the last were all in the how they spoke and what they said wasn't in any because I'm trying to think 
there wasn't any real pratfalls. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe the only like I can think of is like Billy Crystal trying to throw the lasso and lassoing. Yeah. Well, um, there's some feel like when they're when they're getting ready gets, to ride out the training and stuff. And, right. Or he gets you know. dragged by the you know yeah. why can't I just put the rope on the yeah, on the bull? Guy, yeah. He's like that's why and sends it off. Yeah. You know that type of thing. Hello, Mister Bull. Right. Um, I just think they do a wonderful job of every moment you think it's going to get light. They just they kind of. They pull it back down, like you, like you said at the end, yeah. With the uh, you know an interesting choice to say these all die, the, right, all these yeah. cattle die. Well, the same thing with when Billy Crystal gives birth to Norman. Mm. It doesn't give birth, but right. help, Deliver, delivers, delivers, delivers Norman. Norman. He's all excited, and you're like everyone's in this heartwarming, great moment, and yeah. then boom, it's like a fire, and they've killed the the okay, mother, and yes, it's like this yeah. immediate like. Um, yeah, there's, it 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 actually packs kind of a punch, you know, surprise, and they're surprising. You're right; they right. don't you don't see them coming, and yeah, you don't you don't expect this kind of a movie to have that kind of emotional. A true, it was like truthfulness, I guess, yes. is what it is. It's not necessarily like you know crying kind of, a, but but like to have moments of real insight honesty, and truth yeah. and honesty yeah. in these characters is it's a rarity to find in these kind of movies, and it's like but yeah. seems to be something consistent in Billy Crystal movies. It's yeah, I think I I find him to be I love Billy Crystal yeah, but I love Billy Crystal. I almost love Billy Crystal more as as like a host and someone <laughs> to like listen yeah. to talk to yeah. Than I do in his movies. I he's, think he's good in movies. But he's I, great. He's um. You should listen. To, he was on uh to just not to plug another podcast, but on Mark Marin on WTF, okay. which is a great podcast. He was on there and it's a great interview. Like he's a really yeah. He's great. He's like a um. I feel like he's a great combination because part of him is is contemporary, but he definitely has a sensibility that is in time with like the old like Borscht yes. Belt kind of comics and like even almost like a vaudeville kind of a yeah. thing like he definitely clearly has that kind of a spirit in him too right which is which he shows when he does when he hosts like his why he's such a good host he knows how to put on a show he knows how to how to put right. an audience at ease that's and- the thing that i think for me at least i as someone who's deeply anxious about yeah. people who give public speaking. like i have no problem giving public speaking myself yeah but i have a lot of anxiety about people other people yeah uh giving public speaking anything and i love comics in those instances because comics when they go bad yeah. they have the chops to be able to kind of pivot yeah but he more than anybody makes you comfortable immediately yes, yeah and it doesn't even matter if the joke doesn't hit yeah. You just true. feel yeah. comfortable with like totally he could true. make a bad joke yeah. and you're just comfortable with him being yeah. there. He's yeah, he's definitely the only host I've ever watched that I was comfortable with because that's one of the reasons I can't watch the Oscars. Right. It's cuz I just get too it's cuz it's live and I just can't handle that the tension of that. Yeah. Um, you know, But also, he was you know, always so comfortable. I never yeah. felt that way with no, him. No, never, never. And that's what yeah, that's what made him the best, I think. Yeah, and that, because yeah. I also think that he's not there's the pressure for him is not there. Mm. You know, like I think about people who host the Oscars now, mm-hmm. and there's this judgment that comes with did they or didn't they type of thing yeah. with it. And if you're a comic, are you funny? Are you not funny? Like, how did it hit? Right? Yeah. I feel like he's this perfect um, mixture where I don't think anybody ever goes and thinks that Billy Crystal is going to be like supremely funny. Mm. And I don't think anybody thinks that Billy Crystal is going to be there and do anything that's going to be offensive right and so he's there and people are just you're just comfortable because you're like i know it's not going to go off the rails yeah 
and I know that he's funny and he's quick-witted enough that he can keep it moving. Yeah. So there's no risk here. I feel very comfortable in this moment. And I don't think you get that with anybody else because, A, they haven't done it, yeah. and, B, I think there's a lot of pressure for them to try to live up to be funnier than they need to be. Mm. In a, it's an award fucking show. Yeah. I didn't come to see a comedy show. You're you're just hosting an award show. Right. So, um, yeah, really liked Billy Crystal uh, in this and reminded me how much I liked him. Yeah, um great. And Bruno Kirby was also. I just wanted because he he passed away kind of relatively young. Um, oh, I didn't. And he, know yeah, that he yeah, away. yeah. He, he had, I think it was a heart attack. Um, All right, so four for four. We're and, going down. Right, down, I know, down but down I just. Road. But he was he was really great, and I also want to. And me, I didn't. Maybe we should talk about another movie, but his performance in Good Morning Vietnam is, I think, very underrated. And we'll talk I'd about forgotten that, that he was in that. He is. He plays um, Sergeant Hauk, the guy the, who they all make fun of. Okay. Who, if you do, and if you do, that guy. Oh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> but it's I, I. we'll talk about that movie eventually. But he was, I thought he was so great. And just a really underrated actor. And yeah. Yeah, I think he's he plays that character very well. And, and um, the scene where he, the, the, they talk about their best day, their right, worst yeah, day, that right, scene. Yeah. And the way he delivers, you know, he doesn't want to talk about it, and then he opens up and he says the whole thing, right? And you, you're just like, okay, this guy's been through something. And it was your worst day. And then he goes, same day, and same he just day. keeps moving yeah. out. It's just a great, great. line. Again, great, yeah. great writing. Great writing, too. too. Like, yeah. yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. I I mean, should we go, let's go ahead. I mean, two nuns up. Two I think nuns we already up. said, right? We already said. Two nuns up. Two nuns up. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. You got to watch this. Yeah. And the be- beauty of it is you can watch it with your kids. You can watch it with anybody and then tell your kids to watch it when they're 40 <laughs> watch it when you're 40 you'll yeah. get it'll be much more it'll yeah. age it ages very well yeah definitely. Um, it's, so it's yeah all right well um two nuns up on oh, this one we, we forgot we forgot to share what roger thought oh yeah roger he did review this all right, and what, what and roger? thankfully this will be a great way to end roger agrees with us on oh, this one well, see, which is really great nice. minds think Ro- alike yeah roger gave city slickers three and a half stars wow more is, than jurassic park it's true. he gave city slickers three and a half stars and gave it's, jurassic park three he did he did okay. indeed. Right. these were and these were roger's thoughts which are, i think you'll find aligned very much with our own okay okay City Slickers comes packaged as one kind of movie, mm-hmm. a slapstick comedy about white-collar guys on a dude ranch, and it delivers on that level while surprising me by being much more ambitious and successful than I expected. This is the proverbial comedy with the heart of truth, the tear in the eye along, the belly la- along with the belly laugh. It's funny and it adds up to something. There are so many ways this movie could have gone wrong with gratuitous action scenes, forced dialogue, or contrived showdowns that it's sort of astonishing how many ways it finds to go right. I mean, wow! Couldn't have said it better. Like I think that Roger, makes me feel like you and I actually do know what we're looking at right? and saying because right? Roger, that, that sounds exactly like what we just said. Okay, exactly. well, hey, I feel, so, I'm going to end. We're going to end on that because yeah, it makes me good, feel good better about myself. Yep. as a 40 year old, absolutely. All right. we, we might as well be film critics. <laughs> well, anybody can be a critic, but we're as we're as insightful as Roger Ebert on this one. Yeah, <laughs> on disagreed widely on on Jurassic <laughs> it's Park. True. Um, all right. Well. Um, Matt, this ends the quartet. This is this is I'm the I'm in-person sad. quartet. I'm kind of sad. Well, but we'll, we'll never, get more. I mean, I'm never gonna see you again. I feel like I'm never oh, gonna. That's, <laughs> this that's, is our last. This is our last this conversation. Is it. All right. Well, yeah, it'll just be, you know, in in different rooms and different cities. But we you know, do, yeah, we'll, in, we'll do it again. In my heart, you're always with me. Okay. <laughs> I guess. In in in, yes. All right. Well, just remember all the times that I uh, 
told you it was Christmas but, on June. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, God. And we'll just you know Asshole. all those little those little those little moments where as as an older brother I I did my brotherly duty and made your life a little miserable. Um, <laughs> all right, man. We'll uh, we'll do it the next time. And I guess we still yes. got to do aliens. Yeah, I get that'll be yes. I think. Um, that when was we where we it. left off. Before, That's where we, before after, we did this. I don't yeah. know when these are going to hit, so this could be kind of way out of sequence. Aliens may have. Yeah, I think we might. Part. I think what'll happen is we'll probably you'll you'll hear that aliens is the next episode, and then you'll have this little chunk of special episodes that we just recorded, and then and then we'll return to our regularly scheduled program. Right. Okay. With aliens. Alrighty, Matt. Later. Um, yep. Uh, take take care. Take them. Take. <laughs> take, God, take, take them down. <laughs> Goodbye.